listening on, the following podcast is an excerpt from Old Brother Radio with host Will Lockamy, Josh Schneed filling in for Reed Lockamy, Macy the intern, and me, Dr. Mark Westfall. Hope you enjoy it. A young man, Jay, 13 years old, out of Trustville, sadly, ended his own life. Um, he was a transgender child, a student out in Trustville, and um, I just felt like it was a very important story that needed to be told. And I reached out, not even to the family. There was no way I would do that. I just happened to think like, maybe I knew someone that knew them. And sure enough, and they came back and said, um, yeah, in fact, uh, Jay's mom, Erin, might be interested in coming on the show and talking about it. And I was like, well, look, no pressure. But uh, if she'd like to, she can. And she did this morning. And she was very impressive um, that so many listeners have reached out throughout the day and have been talking about it. And so we wanted to replay it. We're going to listen to it here in the studio as you guys listen to it on the radio. And then um, at the end of it, we're going to chat just a bit about that. And I, I worried almost like, would Aaron be okay with us? Like talking about it without her here. She, I, and I, I'm confident. In fact, I'll text her, but I'm confident that she will. Um, so anyway, here it is. Here was the discussion we had with Aaron Georgia this morning on the morning blend. I'd like to welcome to the show, Jay's mother, Erin. Uh, thanks for being here, Erin. Thank you so much for having me. I yeah, appreciate it. Absolutely. Um, first and foremost, tell us about Jay, because I just don't know a ton about Jay. So, um, my Jay. Uh, Jay was awesome kid. Uh, really thought a lot on his own. Um, I'd already always, um, you know, pushed him to be involved and to really think about different topics and just to speak his mind um, and to really research his points of view because so often we're taught what to believe as children and when do we ever go when is that time that we can put our finger on okay we're a child and now we're we're having independent thought so when those times come along I would tell Jay I was like you know why do you think this way what are your feelings and everybody at school and especially at home would know if Jay thought something Jay was going to tell you and usually quote a source of why he thought a certain way so he was very well outspoken an artist loved to do art had applied for FAFSA ASFA I mean um, and didn't get in but wasn't didn't feel bad about it was like well I can do clarinet bass clarinet is what he wanted to play I can do this I can do engineering I can do all kinds of stuff in public school so he was very outgoing it does seem like 13 is about that age when independence thought starts to really come together Absolutely. For, um, you know, at that time, you really transition into adolescence and you're kind of in the throes of it. So your mind's doing all these things and you're thinking independently. And um, 13 is definitely a hard age for anybody. And especially with Jay's situation of identifying as a transgender male. Yeah. Jay was born uh, female as Jane Marie. Correct. um, And then began transitioning a year or two ago. Tell us about that. And like, had you noticed as Jane Marie was growing up, had you noticed, um, wait a minute, something's not exactly the norm here? So, well, I wouldn't say so much that because we always encourage our kids to, you know, do whatever they wanted to do. I was in the Marine Corps. There were plenty of people that told me that females shouldn't be in the Marine Corps. Um, I've been to war. Jay liked to play lacrosse, liked to do all kinds of things. And Um, like to dress however he wanted to dress and even as he transitioned to uh, male pronouns and identifying as a male he still just really appreciated being um, what he was you know if he wanted to wear makeup or have earrings on he could do that and it was a very personal 
uh, transition. And during that time as a mother, you always notice certain things. And I would always tell Jay, I said, if there's anything you want to talk about, I'm here for you and I love you. Um, and did Jay want to talk about the transition and, and kind of what he was going through with that? Well, I think it's hard for any child to really fully express what they're going through because it's a discovery process. And um, it's not that I pushed him in a certain direction. It was more of a supportive role. So um, if I didn't understand, because I'm not a member of the LGBTQ community, so I'm just a parent that loves their child from the outside. And um, I would just say, you know, help me understand. I don't understand your perspective. I need you to educate me and to tell me what you need. And that's what most of us need in the community. It sounds like you're thinking about this uh, way more rationally than almost anyone thinks about this kind of situation. Because you and I spoke uh, yesterday, Erin, and I told you, you know, my feelings on this come from touring with Indigo Girls and Amy Ray and and meeting like tons of people and and having my first experiences with the transgender community. And that's how I kind of opened my eyes to like, oh man, everyone is just born completely different Mm -hmm. and there's no reason to put judgment on any of that. Where does your acceptance and rationality come from this? Well, I would definitely say uh, my experience in the military because you're, you're forced and you volunteer and you're around all these different types of people and you're put in the most stressful types of situation but you learn that together you can accomplish amazing things and I think that really opened my eyes and then also my faith I have a very open and accepting way of looking at people and um, I'm a Christian but I'm not a judgmental type Christian because I think we need to just accept people's faith as they are, whether you're a Muslim, whether you're a Buddhist, you know, we're all just trying to exist in this world together. And we all have so much to give each other that if we just work together, then we could solve every world problem there possibly is. You know, we all have brain bias. We're born with it. Uh, Chemically, we're made up to have bias against people that are different from us. So it actually does take experience and learning and educating yourself to get to a place like that. Um, So, you know, it's impressive that you've gotten there the way you have. Yeah, it, well, and you make a great point because you really have to have the education and the open-mindedness to understand things. For so long, we can live in this box of existence that we understand the world in one way, in one light. You know, there's male and female. But if we, you actually go out into the world and you talk to people and really just one-on-one and don't try to push your thoughts and beliefs beliefs on other people, you start to understand we're, even with all of our differences, we're very very similar and we really just have the same aspirations in life and that's the perspective that I try to take with anybody I meet I was just gonna say you know recently suicide's been in the media a lot because of a a TV show of all things on Netflix 13 reasons why and I watched my community freak out over a TV show Mm -hmm. and and I sat there and just kind of watched from the outside thinking you know everybody that's up in arms about this is not seeing what I saw after watching the entire series and and my 17 year old and 14 year old watched it and they both were the same way they're like dad that's not what I got out of this it didn't glorify suicide it 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 actually showed how horrible it is and showed the reasons why it happens sometimes when people are mercilessly taunted and bullied and how rumors can ruin someone's life and mm-hmm. that's like i was like boys you get it unfortunately there's a bunch of adults around you that don't get it and 
you know, it's it's kind of crazy because you see how much that was in the news, and then a real a real life situation happens, and it, you know, other than the one article I saw, not a lot of discussion about it. Absolutely. And, you know, suicide is something that we don't talk about that often because it's a painful subject. Um, I've had some experience with suicide. I've had a friend just last year, the same day that I was going to bury my child, uh, a friend of mine, it was a one-year anniversary of his death. And he was a a scholar. I met him through um, school with Phi Theta Kappa. And he was just an amazing person. But he had gone through a lot of personal, you know, issues in life and discrimination. And he had ended up taking his own life. Nobody expected it. And it was just a horrible thing. We always think that suicide is this, you know, it's this downward spiral. And it's the result of, you know, all this stuff, which it is. But at the same time, just how our acceptance is a journey so is our downfall sometime you know it's a it's a journey we have taken and it's a lot of different factors jay didn't commit suicide because he's transgender jay didn't commit suicide because he didn't turn in some homework or that we were fighting or something suicide happens when it's the most acute situation that person has ever felt and there's no way out and they or they feel that there's no way out and it's just a dark place and i think if we had more people reaching and answering those suicide hotlines then we wouldn't have such an issue and if we talked about our feelings when we don't feel you know like there is a way out and if we cared more about mental health absolutely. as much as we care about big pharma absolutely maybe, uh, there'd be a lot less of this kind of stuff mm-hmm. yeah we're two weeks out um it was two weeks ago this morning mm-hmm. that and i can't begin to like imagine what you're going through i can't there's no way to put myself in your place yeah trying to uh, formulate questions for this morning i just kind of gave up yeah it's like i don't know yeah what to ask and the fact you're here uh, i know it means a lot to us it means a lot to our listeners we had a ton of people reach out about this and really spreading the word about this interview how are you doing I'm doing okay. Um, it's still hard because what the hardest thing is, is um, doing certain things. Like my husband went to go clean out Jay's locker yesterday at the middle school. And um, he was like, do you want to go through this? What do you want me to do? I was like, well, just put it in a box and we'll go through it later on. And then I was about to tell him, make sure you pick up Jay's report card because he missed picking it up. And it was, it's those moments of, you know, doing things that we normally do for our children and then realizing, well, it has no purpose to do that anymore. And those are the hard moments. But what really inspires me is the conversations that we're having and that it's out there and that, you know, I'm ha- somehow, some way, there's strength inside of me that I'm able to talk about this and hopefully reach out to people that are suffering or are questioning that maybe their whole reality has been turned upside down because of this situation because they love us, they love kids. Maybe their children are suffering from social anxiety, depression, bullying. Um, And maybe now they can feel like it's okay to talk about it because so many times society puts this pressure of not being okay to talk about anything. We have to be perfect. And that's not the way that we need to cope with things. And impressively, Jay had become uh, an advocate at the age of 13, which is crazy to think about. And Magic City Acceptance Center, I know, was 
something you guys wanted to help so um an advisor of mine matt boehm at uh jeff state when i found out when me and jay had this conversation i went to my advisor because i was a student at jeff state and i said mr boehm i was like i know you're the advisor for the queer straight alliance at jeff state i was like this is what's going on do you have some resources i was like i don't know what to do but i know that what i want to do is something to support my child can you give me some resources? So he referred me to Magic City Acceptance Center. I friended them. I looked at their website. I messaged them. Amanda Keller, who is the only paid staff for Magic City Acceptance Center, she got back to me the same day and gave me all these resources. They have counseling for um, students and parents. They have counseling for people that don't accept the LGBTQ community. So it's more of an, an acceptance or education route. So they can learn in a safe environment you know, and ask some of those hard questions that some people may be offended by hearing. She's on a loving, open concept. So Jay would go to this center and just got to be in a safe place where he didn't have to worry about pronouns because everybody was, you know, asked ahead of time. Didn't have to worry about physical contact because they asked, are you a hugger? Because some people aren't comfortable with that. And these are just things that they think about in that community because they're all in the same plane. They're all in the same field. And Jay hadn't come out to everyone. And as me and my husband sat there and wrote the obituary, I said, what would Jay want us to do as parents to honor him? We would, he would want us to say Jay Griffin and tell his story. Because if there's anything that we promote as a family is honesty and truth. Sometimes that honesty and truth and that story is very painful, but on the, on the other side of it is a lot of light and a lot of understanding and relationships because it's through our relationships with other human beings that we find this connection and we're able to make it through this world in you know somewhat a lighted way i don't know how you're doing this i yeah, just i'm sitting here trying not to uh choke up myself yeah. your strength is incredible well thank you very much and it's not my strength luckily i don't have to be strong because um, I'm, I'm given an inner strength. And I think if we all look inside of us, we all have that same strength and that st- same ability to just love each other. Loving doesn't mean you have to change your lifestyle to accommodate other people. It just means that you have to, that you would allow other people to exist. Yeah, um, magiccityacceptancecenter.com. Of course, where people can go for more information. Quickly, before we let you go, Erin, um, you are as you said, a Christian, and you're actually in the ministry, right? Absolutely. So um, I'm pursuing ministry work. I felt a calling when I was at Jeff State, and my church was supportive and let me preach on Sundays. And um, now I am actually working on a project in Centerpoint for community development. It's a student resource center for under-resourced students because it's, it's not well known, but there's a lot of college students that experience homelessness have food insecurities or just trying to make ends meet at the same time they're trying to better themselves and we need to be more supportive of these students in their journey so what we're doing we're trying to we're going to um, we're working on the plan now it's very very early in the stages but grants to renovate free housing for students so that they have a place that's safe to live and all this is going to be the focus in center point because sometimes we focus on the negatives and we really need to focus on the positives of the community. And there's 4,000 students thereabouts that go through that campus at Jefferson State Community College that all want to better the world. Yeah, I think that's been something that has frustrated me for years, I know, and Reg as well, is 
you know, a lot of people have their brain bias, which is completely normal, but then will hide behind hide religion. Behind, behind religion because they'll think, well, but the Bible says that I should not be, you know, this is not normal. And so therefore I can't, you know, so it's... Absolutely. And if, if I think if people spend a little bit more time on historical research and actually looking into you know, authorship and where Jesus came from, his perspective, just love your neighbor. Jesus ate with the tax collector, tax collectors and the zealots. They were mortal enemies, and yet they would all break bread together. That is my hope, that we can all break bread together and just work together for the betterment of our community. So easily forgotten. Um, Aaron Georgia, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, I appreciate really it. really appreciate you coming by, and uh, thank you for using darkness to spread light. Absolutely. How about that? I mean, <laughs> wow. Yeah, it was the only way to, to handle that was just, like, try to shut up and let her talk because she was so impressive. She's a rock star in a lot of ways. What a tremendous parent, right? first off, um, and what a tremendous person Yeah, um, uh, in many ways. I guess we should because it's been 15 minutes. You're listening to O Brother on Birmingham Mountain Radio. I'm Will Lockamy, Josh Sneed tonight filling in for Reed, uh, unpaid intern Dr. Macy here, and Dr. Mark Westfall, psychiatrist, who, uh, of course, is a regular on the show. He heard the interview this morning and reached out and said, hey, I want to come by and chat about this. Because, oh, yeah, I couldn't not. <laughs> right. Um, boy, there are so many things to get into. What, I mean, do you think it's her war experience? And this is interesting to talk about because Aaron's listening. Uh, do you think her war experience plays into the fact that she's being able to handle this the way she is, or at least on the surface, like to us? I mean, I don't know Aaron. I would love to get to know Aaron. Um, so it's really hard for me to answer that. Right. Just listening to the interview is the only exposure I have to this person that you met today. Um, and the thing that stood out to me, a couple, a number of things stood out, but with regards to your question, um, and I think she gave you the answer in the interview. Um, she's a very spiritual person. Yeah. She and, is. you know, we last month we had a whole segment on spirituality and psychiatry and that whole thing. Did you and I bump heads on that? No. Okay. Good. I don't think so. Okay. No, no. I think I think it's a it is a ongoing conversation that we're I think we spent an hour trying to define what spirituality was. But she and I was oh, so intrigued when I heard her interview with with you because I wondered if you picked up on the some of the things we talked about last month. She was exhibiting that connectivity with other humans. She clearly touched you this morning. Um, she, I yeah, mean, yesterday on the phone we talked hugely. For, we talked for a whopping six minutes on okay. the phone yesterday, and I, I was already like, "Well, she's going to knock this out of the park." And she hit Reg too. He was yeah. kind of speechless. It seemed like to me. I mean, it was like to me that is her. Sp- spirituality just beaming out and she talked about it having a light and even reg talked about it at the end thanks for bringing light from darkness that's what i'm talking about last time when we talked about spirituality she has this connectivity this this sense of being a part of something bigger than herself that is transcending her current situation so she's taking this this trauma she's going through the loss of a son two weeks ago and she is lifting other people up through her loss. That's amazing. And that is a spiritual, to me, a spiritual action of one person 
connecting and touching another person. I didn't use the word religion in any of that. It's a spiritual connection, one person connecting to another. It wasn't, uh, I mean, I felt it, and I didn't even see her. I just heard her comments on the radio. So it's not something that's really tangible. It's the intangible, and that's what makes it, quote-unquote, spiritual. In my discussion of spirituality in the brain and where it resides in the brain, we can get all the biology behind it later. But that's exactly what I was talking about. Now, I'd be curious, maybe she'll text in or reach out and say if this is you know, you asked me a question about her. I answered, I don't know her. But to me, that would be how she's getting through this. Is she's a very spiritual person. Yeah. Um, we talked a bit off the air as well. And I, I then really kind of laid out a lot of my frustration with um, organized religion. And, of course, I've talked to you about this. So I think we talked about it on the last podcast we yes. did, yeah. um, which you can find Let's Think On It anywhere you find podcasts. The, the last segments we did were about spirituality and how that meshes with psychiatry, um, psychology. And, right. and so that's out now. At Let's Think On It wherever you find podcasts. Um, but that was one of my big things was at about the age of 13, which as soon as the age 13 came up to it, that's why I said like, yeah, isn't that really when independent thinking starts clicking in? Because yep. that's when I started questioning uh, like everything. Yeah. Like, wait a minute, this, is this real? This is this, I don't think this is real. Um, and then I got really frustrated with the way that organized religion was treating the LGBTQ community. And that's when, that's when I really said like, Hey, I need to step back. I don't know if I can be a, a major part of this mm-hmm. because I'm not going to condemn much judgment, too much judgment. I'm not going to condemn, uh, my, friends and family and whatever because you know some crazy verse in leviticus so what do you think about her description of that of her i think everything (laughs) description about um you know going back and really connecting with um you know what was behind the teachings and she talks about doesn't matter what religion i mean she's very non-judgmental person and accepting of all and she says we just need to love each other and that means letting someone else exist and accept that they're who they are so she's she is displaying that to me with acceptance of her son's situation, with acceptance of other people's reactions, with other people's religions. I, mean, I don't know. What do you think? What do you guys think? It was it was just amazing to see her draw from like an inner strength two weeks after it happened. It was just amazing. How lucky was he to have a mother like this? You know? I, I know. Um, as a dad, like you can't even even fathom. You can't fathom. Uh, losing a child you can't do it there's no way to put yourself in her place unless you've been like exactly in that place and this situation in particular is such a such an unusual situation um and there are so many questions i think that maybe can be talked about with aaron and matt um in a year from now or in five years from now but two weeks out i just wanted to let her talk you know what i mean oh totally because, and maybe we'll get to this when we come back, um, but just kind of, go ahead. You did, and by the way, I mean, I'm just building you up. You did a great job in the interview. She was tremendous. You were wise to just let her, you know, ex- yeah, explore her, her areas of her brain, and it was a great overall interview. Well, again, I, I can't take any credit for anything, and I told her uh, beforehand yesterday, I told her, um, hey, I'm not going to plan anything for this. You and I are going to sit around, and we're going to talk. Yeah. And all I had planned, because I was curious, I just knew I wanted to start by saying, like, tell me more about Jay. It was a great way to start. Because I just wanted to know. It was terrific. Like, yeah. about Jay and how that, you know, how his, his life had, had gone and what kind of child he was. Because, I mean, child. And that is a child. Yeah. 
Let's take a quick break. We're having an interesting discussion tonight. Uh, the story is about this young man, Jay, 13 years old, who lost his life to suicide two weeks ago today in Trustville. His mom, Erin, was on the Morning Blend this morning. We played that interview back last hour, um, and Dr. Mark Westfall had heard it this morning. He reached out today. I would like to come talk about this. So we're going to discuss it for a bit, and um, then we'll, we'll get back to some O Brother hijinks towards the end of the show. But it's just too important not to talk about. Uh, you know, it was uh, a very moving interview. She, Anyone who heard it, and I'm so thankful that you just replayed it tonight so people could hear it that missed it this morning because it's just very moving. Yeah, and people have been asking, like, hey, I – I couldn't hear that one. I can't hear it tonight. Like, can we put this out somewhere? So with Aaron's permission, we will we will release that at some point. Um, we'll talk about doing that. So Aaron writes in. The Aaron. The okay, Aaron. so the mom, she texts in to you. Okay. Yeah, Aaron Georgia writes in and says, um, spiritual and transcendent, absolutely. It's funny because it's a piece that surpasses all understanding, and y'all are sitting there trying to understand it. <laughs> Right on. Yeah. I continue to like this person I've never met more and more. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's what a great response. Yeah. And we did. I told her we all laughed out loud yeah. when I read that because we did. Yeah. I, so there's no the, way to understand it. Yeah. But. The question was, you had posed a question of what, how did she get through this? And you said, was it her military training? I said, well, I think it's more a spiritual transcendental kind of thing. And so that's where she's responding and saying, yeah, right. both of those. But as you both of those try to figure out and define what those mean, it's just a... <laughs> It's it's something that defies meaning, right? You know, um, so probably can't be covered in a fifteen minute radio segment. Probably yeah. <laughs> might be a little deeper than that. I think you're right. <laughs> might be. <laughs> might I mean, a lot of times we do these segments uh, with Dr. Westfall, and and they're meant to be an hour, and it's like, wow, we could have done four hours on that. Yeah, yeah. It just never and never stops. And this is this is one of them. Um, so what I want to do here a little bit is talk about some stuff that, again, I think there were. I can't remember if I said this on the air off here. Sorry. But there are things that I want to talk to Aaron about eventually. But, you know, two weeks is not the time. It's not. It's, in, it's a year down the road. It's two years down the road or whatever. That, um, so I want us to, like, touch on some surface stuff that has nothing to do with Jay. Because Jay is – every human is different. And, and every child is different. And every situation is different. Um, so I think listeners have just some broad questions about, um, first of all, transgender Right. Right. Um, and then and then suicide, which is something that we talk about a bit. Um, and again, this is not about this story. It's just right, because right. the it's story just, has. Right. It's a platform with a, about which to educate people about the topic. And right. no, I don't have any firsthand knowledge at all over what's going on. I mean, you met her. But other than that. So this you know, the discussion from here forward is not specific to Jay and and that's correct. What yeah. Aaron's going through. Correct. It's just a more general conversation about, you know. And, the, and again, the, the only reason I it. kind of feel, okay, even like using this story to now move on to these subjects is because what I'm wanting to do is, one, educate people if we can, and two, help people if we can, which is I think I think Aaron did that in a huge way today, yeah. in a huge way. Yeah. Her essence, her spirit uh, seems to want to help others and educate, so I would presume she'd be okay with us taking that as a platform to educate people in general yeah so um you will hear people a lot of times refer to oh somebody who's trans transgender and use terrible things like referring to them as trainees and this and that and and say like ah, oh, they just are mad at society and so they're just gonna cut off their private parts and you know and i i don't feel that way because of my experience with you know people from the transgender community i i've talked to them i've heard their stories and so that's what really gave me a sense of like, oh, this is actually a gender dysphoria issue that I, I can't understand because I don't have it. 
Um, what do you, from a psycho- psychological standpoint, where do you stand on all this? Well, <clears throat> it's a very broad but great question. And, um, you know, honestly, the psychiatric world, I think, is also trying to come to an understanding of what's of what this is um you know if if you look at the history of psychiatric diagnoses um you know years ago um not too distant but when i first started training in the 19 in 1990 you know there it was there were sexual identity and sexual preference conditions that were listed as disorders for example homosexuality was a psychiatric disorder and that and as a psychiatric community, we continue to become more educated. You know, the brain is the last frontier, really, of, of the body. And so we, we know the least about it. And, you know, in medicine, in the field of medicine and research, we just try to figure out, okay, you know, here's what the typical heart looks like. And then when it has a problem, we give it a name, a pathological name. And so for the brain, it's a little more difficult because, you know, what is typical? And so... You know, to start off, we try to come up with, okay, if 90% or 99% of people behave this way, then we call that, quote-unquote, normal. And then if you have something that's unusual, then we think of it as something pathological. And that was just kind of the natural scientific approach to identifying things. And so that's what gender identity disorder and homosexuality were listed as disorders. And is it it correct that 10% of the population is homosexual and 0.6 or 0.7% transgender? I don't know the number specifically. Last time I looked at transgender, I think it was point three, but it, it's you're in the ballpark. Okay, yeah. okay. I, I'd had his point seven. It's, I read yesterday in a story uh, point six, but either way, I just wanted other, yeah, a, to let people know. Yeah. It's a small percent, uh, less than one percent is easy to say. Um, but n- moving forward now, so currently the 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 words we use and the descriptions we use in psychiatry is we don't think of someone who's transgender or homosexual as having a disorder. And now it's called transgender dysphoria. So it's only a disorder if it's causing them dysphoria or depression or, or they're not happy mm-hmm. about you know their situation. Happy is not the right word, but they're not they're not Content. functioning well with that condition. And so it's really more taking a perspective of how their mental functioning is in the context of having um, the the sense that they are in the wrong physical body, so to speak. Um, so it's come a long way in this research world. There's a lag time from when uh, I think people on the kind of the forefront of this get to that and when the general population gets there. Um, there's, just, there there's a long lag time. And so you have right now, I think, a society, a lot of people in society, they don't quite understand the whole transgender issue. It's like, you know, they want people, they want it to be binary, you know, is it a boy or is it a girl? When you have, you know, when, when someone has a baby, oh, is it a boy or is it a girl? As if there are only two ways for people to exist in their sexuality. And what we're learning is it's really more of a fluid spectrum. You know, there are sexual traits of whether you're a male or female, but even if you just look at the external, tr- the physical characteristics, some people are born with ambiguous genitalia. So even just the physical is not always obvious. Are you some kind of crazy hippie doctor, or uh, because <laughs> what you're saying is exactly what I feel like I've known for a while, just from you know like coming to an understanding after meeting so many people. But honestly, it's so great to hear an actual like doctor say it from a scientific standpoint. 
Well, you know, and frequently people get there before science because science has to go through a, a process, right? I mean, we, you know, it's not an opinion. It's we want to back it up with with scientific facts. And so some, you know, science has its own pace. Some people in society are on the forefront of that psychologically, and some people are lagging behind it. Um, and so I'm just I'm here to kind of tell you where we are scientifically. Um, and uh, scientifically, I think we're moving in the, the j- same direction that you're seeing um, the, the people like Aaron uh, of of embracing the spectrum and all expressions of sexuality. So uh, what we see with um, transgender is that you have people who are born with a physical appearance of a gender, but they feel from a very early age that it doesn't fit who they are in their brain. And there's a lot of development that occurs in the brain that leads someone to be the sexual person they are. There's, there are things in the womb that occur in the brain. There are hormones that our own bodies excrete that change our brain's development. And it's more complex than we currently understand. Um, but So it's multifactorial, how we, def- how we come out to, to be who we are. And even if you identify with your gender, if you're born with male genitalia and identify as a male, you know, there's a spectrum of, of how quote-unquote manly you feel or are or exhibit your stereotypical behaviors. And so I think um, what, what we're kind of moving towards is trying to just accept people for who they are and not push them into a category that they don't feel they belong. And I think that's what where we're trying to move as a society. Um, now, you, there's a lot of pushback from that. I say that we're moving there as a society. There are probably other people would say, whoa, no, we can't do that. That's, you know, um, against a lot of different whatever religious thoughts. Or, so, you know, scientifically, though, I think that's where we're moving is trying to accept people for who they are, where they are. But the key thing is understanding as an individual where they are. And so if this is occurring in childhood, that makes it really complex because children haven't even experienced, some of it's pre-puberty, um, they're not sure about who they are. And so sometimes it's a fluid movement and sometimes there's, there's experimentation across that gender line and then they decide, you know what, I think I do like it better with my current genitalia and identify as who I was born as. <clears throat> so they, they just kind of come a little bit back across that divide. Some people are clearly way over the divide and, and everywhere in between. It's a spectrum. How would you recommend parents deal with that if it's, you know, a, a, they see that their kid is, might be going through something like that? That's a great question. Um, and there's been a lot of looking at research into how to go about that. And I would say it's in progress, honestly. I mean, I don't have the exact answer. I think um, we have a demonstration of uh, of a wonderful parent yeah. in Aaron who um, – I thought you were pointing at me, and I was like, well, <laughs> <laughs> I was pointing yeah. to, your, to your phone. <laughs> to my phone. She exists <laughs> right there in your phone <laughs> in my Hold mind. Hold your horses, buddy. Hold your horses. Um, so I think it's essentially listening, have an open mind and encourage your child to be the best of whoever they are. There are a lot of resources, and y'all talked about that on the on the interview, about resources available in the community to help people come to terms with this. Um, as a parent, we don't know how to deal with that. There's no handbook on dealing with that, and it's a very small percentage of the population, as we already discussed, so it's hard to go find someone else who's also going through it. You know, most times in parenting, you ask your friends how they got through their parents going through something, um, but with something like this, there's there's no one to turn to, um, or it's hard to find someone to turn to just mm-hmm. by pure numbers. So there's resources where 
people who have experience with it can help you understand, um, you know, some of the questions that may be in your mind, help you understand the, the physiology behind it, the process behind it. Um, so it's, it's very complex, and I think it starts with loving your child regardless of who they are and, and nurturing and supporting them to be the best person they can be. It seems like that's what Aaron and Matt did. In spades. Yeah, in spades indeed. Uh, let's take a quick break. You know, without Reed here, I'm having to push all these buttons. And You're something hard over there. Dude, stuff may sound crazy. <laughs> it may be too loud. It may not be loud enough. Who knows if our mic's on tonight. <laughs> There's no way to tell. Yeah, I always know because uh, my mom's the only person who listens. And so if she texts in and says, your mic's not on. Your, your mic's not on, Sonny. Then I'll know. Uh, but she hadn't texted, so I think we should be Because Reed's not here, so she's not listening. <laughs> but as we said last time, your grandmother is not listening. That's right. That's right. Yeah, she passed away years ago. No, no, the other one. Yeah, no, yeah the other one. Yeah. Oh, that she she's not. alive. She's alive. Yeah. Oh, no. That's one of my... No, it's fine. We, uh, <laughs> we talk about this a lot, especially with Mark. The way I deal with uh, terrible things in general is laughing, yeah. you know, like through like making jokes about it and whatever. Uh, my grandmother, who has passed away, that one, um, one of my favorite jokes ever was every birthday she had, the last 10 birthdays, even when she was fine, like she wasn't sick at all, yeah. I would give a speech at uh, her birthday party every time and say, well, since we know this is going to be your last birthday, every <laughs> single time. And, uh, and she loved it. She loved it. Oh, that's great. It was just one of those things, like, um, and so I joked about her being old and sick until the day she died. Like, it was just one of these fun jokes we had. And then Reed and I, you know, made jokes about how we wish, as we were carrying her coffin, like how we wish we wouldn't have brought her so many Frosties. Like, it's just one of those, (laughs) but but it's the way we handle death and that kind of thing. Um, So, you know, everybody handles it differently. And Erin, who we have been talking about, she is handling it like no other it's yeah, quite amazing it's unprecedented I, i've never seen anything like it so if you if you're just tuning in what's happening is um we've been talking about the story of a young man jay 13 years old who took his own life two weeks ago today uh, he was transgender from trustville just a incredibly sad story uh, an incredible young man though i mean the stories that she was telling about jay you realize like man this he is beyond his years yeah that's what i kept saying like way wise beyond his years yeah. and then even i hate that i need to like carry around a little microphone after segments because we walked out in the hallway um as low moon was setting up and, and we talked uh, for a little while and everything she kept saying i kept you know just saying that like man wise beyond his years yeah. obviously so um we replayed the Aaron came in this morning did an interview we replayed that at 7:30 tonight we will at some point uh, with her permission put that out where you can find the interview um, and perhaps us talking about it a bit um, so we talked about her strength we talked about uh, transgender and how that works psychologically speaking um, and now for a second just because uh, if someone's looking for help that's why we're doing this and why we're talking about it right. so suicide I think if you're not, if you haven't been there and if you haven't been to that point, it doesn't make sense in your brain. Uh, well, I, I can see that. It's hard. I mean, I've been doing this so long. It, it's, I have to go way back to think about what my thoughts were before I, you know, talked about it every day. So I'm kind of curious to hear from you, the other people here, you know, kind of what are your thoughts about suicide as far as how someone gets there? I mean, how do you conceptualize 
how someone gets to that place. Which I need to go back now because I realize I came in with jokes there. Um, yeah, Will Lockamy. Reed, yeah, yeah. Reed is not here. Josh Sneed sitting in for Reed tonight. Of course, unpaid intern Dr. Macy and Dr. Mark Westfall sitting in uh, it's Birmingham Mountain Radio here in the Red Diamond Coffee and Tea Studio. So, yeah, now take it away. I guess the question was for Josh. For either, yeah. Yeah, well, I guess for me, it just seems like it's something that, and I have no direct experience with it. To me, it just seems like it's something someone has carried with them for so long and they just don't see a way out and they don't see a way through it no matter how positive they may be or how hopeful they may be they just don't see an like a light at the end of the tunnel so i guess for me that's how i look at it yeah yeah you any thoughts macy she's contemplating <laughs> macy macy is our quietest uh, on mic personality <laughs> the way she looked at you was like mm. not sure <laughs> Here's the funny. Here's the funny thing. Macy's one of our funniest interns we've ever had, and she is the qu- quietest on mic personality ever. You don't have to answer, Macy. It's okay. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, well, I think. I mean, Josh, that's a good description. I mean, it, it is to me watching people struggle with um, the thought of hurting themselves, and I, you know, obviously as a psychiatrist, you come across this a great deal. The one thing to understand is that it's unique for the individual, um, you know. So I can't really just have one conversation about it and and it meet everybody's you know experience. Of, and again, um, this the way we're de- describing the situation here is not about Jay, right? I have no firsthand knowledge of Jay at right. all. So yeah, this is about my experience as a psychiatrist dealing with people who have sui- uh, suicidal thoughts or depression. So the way I have come to conceptualize it at this point and um, I tell people all the time you know I'm constantly in a learning journey through life about psychiatry and people and human emotions so it's not as if this is a static answer but this is my current answer Um, people get to a place uh, sometimes through uh, various things that happen to them or through biological illnesses such as depression where they feel they're at uh, a place where they feel like they need to escape. Um, and I tell people who have, who have family members who've committed suicide and they frequently try to, try to come to terms with why did they do it? And they try to essentially think about it with their current rational thinking. And I tell them that, you know, when someone is at a point where they commit suicide, Frequently, they're at a point where their their brain is suffering so much that that they may not be thinking as rational as they would if they weren't suffering. Um, and so, it's a it's a different place than where you can try to put your brain when you're not suffering. Uh, but people who talk to me about having suicidal thoughts and and people who attempted suicide and then don't succeed, and I talk to them afterwards. Um, they frequently talk about, you know, uh, getting to a place where they just felt like there was no other option. They felt like there was no other option. They felt they wanted to escape the place their brain was currently in, and and that was the last way to get rid of the pain that they were in. It's a very difficult place for people to be. Um, and I, I tell people who, um, who suffer from depression that, you know, depression is a potentially lethal illness. Um, and uh, you die from suicide. So depression frequently causes 
people to have suicidal thoughts, and if you can help them with their depression, the suicidal thoughts go away. Now, that's not true for everyone, but for people who suffer from depression, um, that is uh, certainly true. And so when you have someone who is reaching out to you, uh, for instance, you talked about uh, off mic about the, the suicide hotline, does that help people? You know, if there's a resource where someone is at that point and you can convince them to, to essentially kind of stay there with you a little longer and let's see if we can't move some things in uh, to help you not suffer as much, then all the t- a lot of times the suicidal thoughts go away. Um, so for depression and suicide, to me, it's quite clear that the depression causes the suicide. Um, but there are other conditions, and adolescents tend to have a different type of of um, experience with uh, suicidal thoughts. Um, it it's tends to be a little bit more of an ex- exploratory um, thought process for them, and um, uh, I think it's different than adult suicide. I, I can't really um, give you any scientific facts behind that. This is more of a clinical feeling that when I talk with um, adolescents who are struggling with suicide, it's very different than adults. And from statistics, we see that as well. Um, Adolescents attempt suicide much more often than adults. Um, But adults tend to succeed in suicide. That's what I was going to say. Attempt, though, right? Um, As in, like, testing the waters maybe well or, i don't know if they're testing, looking I, or looking for help in that way possibly I mean, i'm not quite sure what to make of that i'm just kind of giving the data i mean i don't know really i'm not I, sure yeah. what to do with that honestly. lord knows i don't know either that's just um, my, been my assumption yeah it's it, it but it's not i mean people the risk when i tell that statistic is people say oh they're just you know they're, they're just looking for attention i hear that all the time they're looking for attention i'm like you know that seems to kind of downplay yeah. someone's struggle if someone is contemplating taking their life um yeah i don't know that seems to really undermine or 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 devalue what they're struggling with so um i can all i can say is that they tend to struggle with that differently than adults and more frequently um and they there's a little bit more of um some experimentation i guess with that with that place of your brain and and with that action than with adults and you y'all mentioned this morning on the show the was it 13 Reasons? 13 Reasons Why. Yeah. Yeah. And have you guys seen that? I haven't. That, that, I have. So, you know, that's about um, someone in high school, I guess that she was, right? Mm-hmm. Um, who, it's a, it's not based on a true story. Have you think. not seen it? I have seen oh, it. Oh, you have? Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. So anyway, so that's based, but it's, um, it's essentially someone who's committed suicide and it talks about all the different triggers and whatnot. I thought it was an interesting um, series. It touches on a lot of adolescent issues that they struggle with. Um, I, I have mixed feelings about it. I, we'll go in that some other segment, but um, I think it really touched on a lot of important issues that students are struggling with. And it, and it, for adolescents, those are the definite issues, bullying and um, uh, sexual trauma and uh, relationships. Those are the three you know, big categories that tend to push adolescents into this feeling of I don't belong um, this, you know, it's not going to work out okay for me and it leads them down a path of feeling hopeless and as if they have no other option um, and uh, sometimes they act on that emotion so many listeners are reaching out it's almost like they don't like our goofy fun that we have otherwise like that 
<laughs> they're loving this so much. Um, it's important, and it's the reason we're doing it. Erin has reached out again. <clears throat> I always feel like I'm doing something wrong by reading her text just out loud, but here we go. Um, thank you for having this conversation. She says, knowing that this was worth my time and effort is the comfort that I need when the loss gets painful, which, goodness, the loss has to be so painful. Yeah. I can't, yeah. can't even think. Uh, I don't always get to see the fruits of my labor, but occasionally I get to catch a glimpse. This is healing and hopeful. So I said, no, thank you yeah. uh, for allowing yeah. us to talk about it and for giving us uh, you know, a reason to, to hopefully help some people that may need right. it. And just to connect back to our conversation from a month ago, Will, this that's going on right now between her and you and us here and the general audience out there listening, there's a spiritual connection going on. Regardless of what religion you are, whether you're religious or not religious, this is when I was talking about what is spirituality. Yeah, you're experiencing it right now. That's what I'm talking about. Spirituality. That's what I'm talking about. This connection with others that transcends, you know, the physical touching of them or talking with them. You know, this is there's something bigger going on here than any one of us really. I, you know that I agree with you. You know that I agree with you. Uh, he says first before he makes his other point. But no, um, but I think where you and I, it took us an hour to come back and be like, oh, yeah, we think the exact same thing. Was that I just don't call it spirituality. I call it chemical, uh, basically chemical reactions in our brain. And this is what, um, you know, yeah. our brain wants us to do but, is have these connections. Okay, and, but what do you call the, the outcome Awesome. Well, uh, of what is what do you call the the uh, if if some if someone's been touched out there? I'm not saying we're doing you know wondrous things, but if someone's been touched, what do you call that outcome? I mean, I think that's what people are trying to talk about when they're talking about spirituality. So uh, instead of losing track of the concept because of the word we use. Let's just talk about the concept. It's a connection, for sure. It's Whether a connection. Whether you see it as spiritual or, you know, science or a, a chemical reaction in your body, it's everyone's connecting. I think that's what's the most important thing. Yeah. And as we said before, I mean, I'm a, I'm a scientist at heart, so I, I think, and Aaron's going to laugh at us again for trying to figure this out. <laughs> but I think there, there is a, a chemical event going on in our brains, but then... You know, maybe there's stuff that we scientifically don't understand yet that's going on larger than that. You know what I'm saying? I mean, Listen. maybe there's a, an energy or a force going on that we haven't quite measured yet. You know, we didn't used to. You can't see electrons yet. We think they exist. All this dark matter floating around. Yeah, you get away from me, dark <laughs> <Right>? matter. <laughs> so I can't see you. I don't want you near me. <laughs> I just need to come up with a scientific name for it, and we'll be all in. We just <laughs> yeah. a, a, don't we, call it spirituality. Yeah, let's call it, it science juice. Else. Yeah, science juice. <laughs> science juice. <laughs> Perfect. Where have you been? It's the science juice inside you guys. <laughs> yeah. See. Let it boil. Stay did on. I just connect, did I stay you just did it, man. Connected two worlds. You did. Read. Never come back. <laughs> we figured it out without you yeah um all right this is a great talk i think you'll be able to find this on the podcast let's think on it um pretty confident about that and i'm going to reach out to Erin and see if she wants to come back for our spirituality talk that we do in a couple of weeks right sure. yeah i Don't you think she'd be perfect for that she'd be perfect for that yeah she seems to know more about it than i do yeah but she she yeah no definitely obviously, yeah. check with her and see if she's how she's feeling with all this yeah and i also do need, I feel like I need to go back and uh, clarify that my grandmother oh, has no. passed away. 
we were like the best of friends. Sure, buddy. <laughs> oh yeah, well, we got <laughs> yeah. it. We got no, it. You're a cold, heartless. <laughs> I realize Before I you leave, leave, doctor, can, can we get into why Will always wears black? I mean, do you think there's something we need to get into? I, I think like it totally is. I skimmed over that whole thing and joked about it without saying, like, uh, it was the way that she and I joked together. And we were was, seriously yeah. just, like, the best of friends. Mm-hmm. And we mm-hmm. <laughs> we connected through humor. I I don't I don't think I'm a funny person, but if I had any sense of humor at all, it came directly from her. And so she would have... Uh, been laughing the whole way you know what i mean I think that like would, that would yeah. i was about to say that yeah. would kill it my family's thing but that's a horrible choice of words but <laughs> kill it. That, that that would be like my family would love something like yeah. that too yeah. so I, I i you know i yeah I and i i wrote an article i, I guess my science juice going <laughs> right after uh the election you know i was so depressed and they were like write a funny article about trump being elected i was like what i can't do that <laughs> uh but i tried to do it in that sense i opened the article with that story of how reed and i made fun of our dead grandmother as we carried her to her yeah. grave because that's just the way we deal with stuff. Yeah. So then I tried to deal it's with it. It's a healthy coping mechanism, by the way. Oh, well, so thanks. wearing all black. I mean, should we circle back to that, doctor? <laughs> we well, certainly should. I'm going to go cry in the closet. <laughs> hey, uh, when we come back, we will talk about how old we are and how we don't understand DJs. Because I don't get it. <laughs> I don't either. Look, I support. I, yeah, Macy's going to explain it to she us. She won't stop talking about how much she loves DJs. She, she loves them so hard. Waiting for the beat to drop. Actually, it's Dr. Westfall that's explaining <laughs> DJs. the only one defending <laughs> DJs a while ago. I'm just saying. Well, I'm just angry. I'm all accepting. You know, what can I say? Yeah. Especially <laughs> Too with, far, though. Too far. Especially with DJs. Um, all right. Quick break, and then we'll come back and finish the show. To listen to Dr. Mark Westfall live, check out O Brother Radio on Birmingham Mountain Radio. 107.3 FM in Birmingham, 97.5 in Tuscaloosa, at bhammountainradio.com, or on the free BMR app. Join in with your questions and comments on Twitter, at Lockamy Brothers. <laughs> 